Final Boy Status is a podcast about scary movies and the stuff that happens in them. The entire horror genre is generally frightening and disturbing. So if you're a kid, be sure to ask your parents if it's okay for you to listen. Or don't. You'd probably be cooler if you didn't ask for their permission. But then again, I won't tell you how to live your life. Also, we will be discussing spoilers during this podcast, so don't say we didn't warn you. Welcome back to another episode of Final Boy Status. I am your host for today, Lance and Lappin. I am joined by two esteemed gentlemen, Adam Bohm. Hey. And Luke Howder. Yeah, I'm here. Hello. Heck yeah. And today we have a real treat for you guys. You know why? Because what? we just watched the second movie, Happy Death Day to You. I almost stumbled across that. <laughs> Let me take that again. <laughs> you wanna, we can edit all this. Just, just yeah, bring it back. I'm just going to do I'm lying. I'm not going to edit any of this. Okay. <laughs> this is Here it. we go. I love myself. I think the take is great. We're just going to continue with the show. No, but actually. <laughs> but really, yeah, we just got done watching uh, Happy Death Day to You, which, as you guys know, if you watched the last episode or if you just know stuff, it is the sequel to happy death day so we're going to be talking about that in case you guys uh this is your first time watching or it's been a while we at final boy status basically the whole premise of our show is we watch scary movies horror movies spoopy movies and we see if we could survive them and then just kind of detail that how we would do it what we would do differently it's a good time so as far as a little bit of an intro into this movie itself um it's kind of playing off of the whole Groundhog's Day thing as well. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like where to start with like the premise of this movie? It's pretty like, crazy all over the place because it starts, you think it's going to be about, what's his name? Ryan? The Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, the, the roommate. Yeah, it starts with him one. being in a time loop and then... It goes back to Tree and Carter and the people that we were more familiar with, and then the story's kind of pushed to them being in a. There's a multiverse. It gets pretty yeah. crazy. It's convoluted. <laughs> Alternate timelines. Oh, yeah. uh, time loops. It's quantum theories. Yeah, it's it's a real like 180. It takes very long. It takes quite a long while for this movie to like begin in earnest. Yeah. Because there's everything that happens with Ryan and his time loop, like the and so like the the, the movie movie kind of begins when Tree's back in the time loop, and that happens what like maybe thirty minutes into the it's run a time? while into it yeah. yeah like it's crazy yeah. it's like three minute it's like thirty minutes of preamble to get us back into things yeah which is a lot yeah, <laughs> yeah. um yeah I don't know I don't know that that's to the movie's benefit either if I'm being honest I think um. It would have been a better, it would have been a stronger choice maybe to start us in the thick of it. Obviously, they want us to be really attached to Tree's story, so it might have been better in the long run if we had started with Tree back in the loop and done like flashbacks or something to explain what was happening there. I don't know, because yeah, like spending half an hour to get into the meat of your movie is a pretty, pretty (laughs) intense mistake. Yeah, (laughs) I would agree. All righty. So. Look at this and remember how to do it. <laughs> how do I? Oh, rusty. Hmm. I know, I'm super rusty. I'm like hosting. Uh, yeah, this is episode two of season two, and we've we've been on hiatus for a minute trying to tinker, tinker with the lineup, make some changes to get yeah. ready for season two. Got a whole new lineup of movies. And... and it's, yeah, it's weird being back in the saddle. It feels uncomfortable at times. Yeah, at the end of last season, <laughs> I feel like we just jumped into it without yeah. any, like, preparation, and it was just natural. But, yeah, I think it's going to take a sec to get back in the swing <laughs> of things. We're recalibrating. We've been away for too long. Yeah, I know. So, 
uh, as far as like, do we want to do movie trivia first, or do we want to get into the opinions about the movie, or like, what do we want to do? Uh, well, I guess if uh, so, uh, I mean, another decision we made kind of in between seasons is that trivia was going to happen more uh, elsewhere. We were yeah. going to have like YouTube videos that were more trivia based. So I'll just give you some very basic info for for this movie. Uh, this is Happy Death Day to you. Uh, once again, directed by Christopher Landon. This time he actually wrote it. So he replaced the mm. original writer whose name I'm forgetting. I think it was Scott Lobdell. Uh, this one, if I recall correctly, was released in 2019. I actually saw this one in theaters. I don't think I saw the first. It's hard for me to keep track because the, the yeah. movies are so similar. Uh, but yeah, like most of our principal cast is Basque. Back is Basque. They're uh, they're Baskin in the glory they are of the Basque. original movie. Baskin Robbins. Baskin Robbins. <laughs> Uh, no, most of our original cast is back, which is great. We got Jessica Roth, who's fantastic, and I want to see her in more stuff. Totally. Uh, Israel Broussard is back. Um, even, like, relatively, like, pretty small characters who are barely in the first movie make a comeback in this one. For instance, uh, his roommate Ryan is now a much more prominent character in this new movie. And before, he was just like, I mean, how much screen time do you think he had? Probably less than a minute, just walking in and. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, like just walking <laughs> in the room over yeah. and over. Uh, but uh, clearly, like, kind of a bigger budget going into this one. Uh, yeah. The first one was sort of, I don't know that they were expecting the first one to be what it was, and it took off and did really well. So clearly, uh, they were excited about the prospect of a sequel, and they gave them, they gave them clearly. Yeah, they did. Production wise, it was pretty. Yeah, and pretty awesome. Like, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, and they really went in deeper with, and it's a, it's a very different movie tonally. It, it like the horror element of it is kind of just forgotten in this yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's barely. They, <laughs> they sort that. of nod to it in the first thirty minutes with Ryan and his time loop, and then they yeah. kind of just forget about it yep. and yeah. keep going. Uh, but not, and that's not necessarily to the movie's detriment. I think. Uh, I think especially with horror movies, uh, you don't want to retread horror sequels i should say you want to be careful about not retreading what happened in the first movie it's sort of like alien and aliens right because mm -hmm. alien is a perfectly scary movie but then you get to aliens and it's like well we're not really worried about scaring people anymore like because they've true. seen the monster they know yeah. what you can do so you kind of want to change tactics yeah. you want to change lanes a little that's bit. that's a good point i think and i think especially like with horror sequels that's something you want to embrace um otherwise you kind of have things like like friday the 13th or uh the halloween franchise or the nightmare on elm street franchise where it's just kind of like it gets very easy to fall into the trap of these movies are all interchangeable they're all the same uh it gets harder and harder to make each subsequent subsequent sequel to stand out mm -hmm. so i do think like to this movie's benefit they knew that they had to like break the mold in a lot of ways and they had to do something really different um and in some ways they do that in other ways they really don't and it's in, in other ways it's very much the same movie so it's kind of yeah i i sorry we, this was supposed to be just general introduction of the movie and we launched right into opinions sorry, heck yeah sorry, let's heck just, yeah i, I love mean, it let's let's go with it let's dive right into it this is the section of the show where we share our general opinions about the show um both rating them on spoopiness and just overall quality both out of 13 so Let's start with just general quality. For you guys, what would you rank this movie out of 13? Yeah, I think a lot of what Luke said I was thinking during the movie. Because I, I guess I, I actually just kind of out of the gate like this movie better than the first one. I actually had a lot better time with it. And I think it was because it kind of left the horror genre. Which is interesting for me to say because I love the horror genre and I I just think that the way to go to it as kind of a goofy comedy, you know, mystery sort of you know to really lean into the fun parts of Happy De Happy Death Day because those were the parts that worked so well in the first one I think was really awesome and I really had fun with it. I don't think it's that good of a movie. <laughs> it's still I don't know. It's still very popcorn and there's still a lot of things that make sense. For example, at the beginning with ryan and he's going through his time loops and there's a ryan clone and it's a big thing and then after that happens it's like let's not talk about that again yeah. <laughs> i was like oh there's gonna be like clones in this movie they're gonna be like experiencing themselves that's kind of cool and then it just doesn't happen again which is fine but 
Uh, so some things like that, you're like, yeah, it's still kind of a stupid movie. But honestly, I liked it a lot better. Uh, I think the most the the parts that were the worst to me were the parts where it was treading the same water, like Luke said, as the first one. Especially the same scenes where she wakes up, he says the same dialogue, and it's like that happens a couple times. And I get in the story of the movie, you kind of have to do that because they're they're doing it in the same timeline they're jumping back into the same time loop but it just feels super tired and you get into those scenes where he's like peeking under the whatever earth parts like that that are the the continuation of the days and you're just like oh my gosh but the parts where it was different and the characters were different and there are different relationships that's those are the parts where i really enjoyed because it was fun just to see a new mystery and new things to deal with and so I really liked it. Um, I think uh, last one I gave like a four or a five. I got to look these up to be consistent because I want to give yeah. it more, but I, I don't want to give I it too much. I should write down my ratings because <laughs> I, I don't remember. Yeah, I think I'm going to say it was a five to be safe. I think I want to give this one a, a 6.5. Um, it's still not a super great movie. It's not on any charts, uh, but I did think it was an improvement. It was a... It was still very exciting. I I think it was very original, um, and it was just super fun, especially at the end when shenanigans were happening and they had this ruse going on. It was just really yeah. really fun. So I enjoyed it. I think and you, and you kind of mentioned this, but this is like, you know, in the first movie, the first movie is very much a tree movie, and it's yeah. uh, you know, there's a cast of characters around her, but none of them are. None of them are super interesting. None of them are no. explored very much. Uh, and I think one thing that is really great about this movie is that they expand their cast. Like, yeah. you have two new characters who we've never seen before. Uh, Danielle, the sorority leader, gets sort of an expanded part, which, like, if you pitch that to me in a pitch meeting, I'd be like, do we really <laughs> need to see more of this chick? Yeah. But in the actual movie, like, they made it work, and it was fun, and it was interesting. Um not to say, you know, not to comment on whether or not it was the right thing, but they, they pulled it off. Um, so I think, like, it is kind of unfortunate that they expanded their roster and you have new interesting characters there. And then it's just the same day for Tree again, which is like... Yeah. I don't know. It, it, that's what I was saying, where it kind of feels tied, where you're like, oh, we're back in the same time loop. It's mm -hmm. the first movie again. And that, that was kind of disappointing a little bit. See, like, and uh, I remember <clears throat> when I saw the movie in the theater, question mark? Hard to know. <laughs> uh, I remember I got really excited because there's a, full spoilers at this point. But when it, like, emits that huge blast, like, the first time, the the sissy, right? Named, sissy, yes. Named for Sisyphus, <laughs> uh, the guy who rolls the boulder up and down and has to start over. Uh, Greek mythology comparison there. Um, but yeah, like, uh, the first time the sissy missed like that blast of energy, uh, and everybody's knocked back. I had this, I like when I saw it in theater, I remember thinking, oh, everybody's going to be in a time loop and we're going to watch each mm -hmm. of these characters break their time loop individually. See how each character handles that. And that is not what they did, which no. was, which was like such a bummer. That would have been a really interesting movie to like, it would have been like smaller. It, it wouldn't have, it would have been very different from the first movie um, where we get to spend the entire movie kind of examining tree as a character. It would have to be much smaller snapshots of each individual character, but I think that would have been more interesting. And yeah, I remember like seeing this movie and when it's her back in the same day, it was just kind of like, Oh, that's all right. That's fine. I guess like <laughs> not psyched about it. And you know, there's stuff in there, which is like really fun. Uh, like, just like a huge trigger warning ahead of saying all of this. Cause it's kind of, this is a weird conversation to have, but there's a montage of tree committing suicide. That's actually crazy fun. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so like fucked up to me that it's like one of the most fun parts of this movie is watching a girl kill herself over and over again. <laughs> it was really, um, but yeah, they like set it to a Paramore song and she's like, and it's just like really darkly funny. And as she's just coming up with like different ways to die, like, 
there's one where she's just like really enjoying like a nice bath and then she like just takes her hair dryer and just throws it in the <laughs> bath with her there's one where she's at the supermarket and she sees uh what was it called like uh liquid python liquid python yeah <laughs> which is which is just like drado and just in the supermarket she like toasts the people in, in the aisle and just chugs it right then and there <laughs> and it's like it's it's really messed up and and like like i said talking about it as like one of the highlights of the movie feels weird but that was probably my favorite part of the movie was that montage it was just <laughs> aggressively dark and funny and in your face and kind of everything that's really great about these two movies is that they're they're dark and weird, but they make you laugh. Yeah. So, yeah. I like what it. did you think? Yeah. So as far as looking at the first one and comparing it to this one, um, yeah, I would say it's kind of, you get the same sort of a vibe, pretty fun, pretty, pretty wacky comedy. Um, I do enjoy that they, they kind of expanded on their little world a little bit more, but yeah, definitely. Like you said, I think, I think it would have been cool to see a little bit more um, difference, you know, not just focusing on tree, but having other characters um, experience the same thing and, and learn a little bit more about them as well. Um, but even still, I had a good time. So I would probably give this guy, I'll give it a six. I'll match the first one. I'll give it a six. Fair enough. And, and you know what? I'm, I'm going to say this before we go any further. Just, uh, just to say it, because I'm going to beat myself up if I don't say it. One of the reasons this movie works at all is so much of the original cast came back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think there was a single actor that didn't return, even if it was just like a tiny cameo. Like yeah. they got everybody back. Um, yeah. Even like, um, y- y- you know, the girl that's sitting on the front porch listening to music. She like briefly comes back in this yeah. one. Uh the fr- Tim, the guy who's like tracking her down, who's secretly gay, like he has like mm-hmm. a couple of brief cameos in this. One where you see him like living his best life, having come out of the closet, and one where he's in the other time loop and still himself and still like in the closet. And honestly, that was something that was like, if even one actor hadn't been able to come back, something wouldn't have clicked. Like even like like she does like her, and thank goodness she only did it once because we would have got bored if they had her do it more than once. But when she did like her walk through the quad, like in the first two or like in the first one, (laughs) uh, like to have all those people back, it's the same, like, it's the same weird, like goth guy, like leering at her, the same girl being like, you know, help, like stop, help, help stop global warming. So it's like, uh, yeah, if, if even like one actor had been like, nah, I'm out something about this movie would have felt off. And I, I yeah. liked that. So like huge props to the actors. Um, Cause some of them probably were busy and had other stuff going on. So like huge props to you guys for finding the time and saying like, yeah, I'll come back. I'll do that. Cause it made it feel cohesive and it made it feel like you said, like it was a, like it was a fully formed world that we were just now seeing a little bit more of. And the continuity, continuity department. Oh it's just working overtime for these kind of movies. So <laughs> yeah. good on them. Yeah. Well, and I want to point out uh, that something I read online was the hospital that they filmed all the hospital scenes in for the first movie was actually demolished in between <laughs> that movie and this one. So they had to rebuild the hospital on a soundstage just as sets. So wow. that is not where they filmed the first time. That is on a, Wild. On a wow. uh, Those are built sets. That's crazy. So like huge shout out, like, it very much feels like a continuation of the movie and that's huge because this was filmed two, three years later, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in some of like some of the same places, but then some places were just brand new because they had to build it from scratch. So like huge shout out to making this movie feel like a continuous thing. Burp. We were, we were so worried we were going to be burping on air and it's happened. It's, it's happened. Oh, it's happening. I feel one brewing. It'll be here (laughs) soon. Drink a lot of soda is what happened. <laughs> we were just playing liquid on python. It just liquid python right <laughs> down the pipe. <laughs> so looking at this in more of like a, a horror factor, what would you guys rate this movie out of thirteen? Uh, zero. Yeah, again, <laughs> it's tough because it totally just leaves the horror genre almost altogether. I mean, there's still a slasher and he's still killing them, but it's not about the deaths anymore it's not Mm -hmm. about like oh got to evade the killer because it's kind of like yeah he's just gonna kill us it's almost it's almost like a given at this point at the end of the day he's gonna kill me so let's like figure it out so it's got to be low 
I mean, there are scenes that are still, you know, walking through the abandoned part of the hospital or like Luke said at the beginning with Ryan and him kind of having to figure it all out. But yeah, it's low. I'm going to give it like a 0.5 because it's, it's kind of there. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's not tried. leading into it. They tried and there's some original ideas. Like when Ryan keeps getting like pictures of himself sent to himself. Mm, that was a good. Yeah, I liked that. That was spooky. Are you still plugged in? You good? I should be. Yeah. Yep. Cool. I am. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's also like, and this, you know what? I will let Lansing go first. Cause my complaint about spookiness is probably going to carry us into the killer and cool. the victims cool. in that conversation. So I will let you go first. All righty. Yeah. So as far, I mean, it really, it feels like the movie very much kind of left the horror genre, left that a little bit behind. And so, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a, I'll give it a one. You know, there was a little bit there, but not a lot. So not very spoopy in my opinion. Yeah, I, you guys are both being, I said zero without a second thought. But uh, to, to be nice, I'll, I'll bump mine up to a 0.5 as well. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Join me. Because, yeah, like it's not like they were trying to be scary and it just didn't work. I think the yeah. spookiness that was there was perfectly effective. So to totally diss that is not fair. Like it's not trying to be scary for most of it. And here's sort of the interesting thing that I think is going to carry us into the next stage of the conversation, which is, as mentioned earlier, there's a montage of Tree committing suicide, which she does. So she, just because, like, I guess she can't be bothered with the killer. Like, <laughs> she's just irritated that she has to deal with the killer at all. So to get ahead of him, she kills herself instead of confronting him so that she can just start the day over and work on the stuff that's actually important. I guess that's mostly why that's happening. So, yeah, uh, at the beginning, there's, like, a clone thing that doesn't go anywhere, and that's the killer, and they just kind of skip over that. And then when there's, like, the killer killer, that's not important for, like, the whole middle of the movie, because she's like, I'm not even going to worry about it. I'm just going <laughs> to off myself, restart the day, and yeah. focus on what's important. Um, But then, like, halfway through, well, at the very end, she reveals, like, yeah, I've known who the killer was for, like, a while. <laughs> <laughs> which is really weird like she figured it out like a couple days ago or something right um and she just didn't bother because she realized like oh he's not even trying to kill me like the couple of times that he killed me i just got in the way yeah mm -hmm. he's really trying to kill the roommate yeah so it's like it, so it's it's an interesting conversation because the killer in this movie isn't after her yeah and she full on at some point figures out like, oh, I don't need to bother evading him. Like, it doesn't matter. And that makes like the suicide sequence even weirder because if she figures out at some point he's not even after me, then that begs the question, why did you keep offing yourself to like just go to bed at the end of the day and let it restart naturally? I'm assuming if you fall asleep, the day just restarts, right? Like, yeah, does that ever happen? Yeah. I don't think that ever happens in these movies where she just has a full day and then sleeps at the end right i mean yeah. for most of the movie her goal is she's in an alternate dimension in this movie so some things are different mm -hmm. um but her goal like through this entire movie is i for most of the movie not all of it but for most of the movie she's like we need to close this time loop and i need to stay in this dimension because, because her mom's this, alive yeah because her mom's alive in this dimension and it's like did you try at the end of the day just going to sleep what if you just woke up the next day and there was no more loop? Like, yeah. there <laughs> you go. You're in the dimension with your mom. <laughs> like, you're just all good. Try not to die. Just yeah. Just don't steer don't, clear like, of sharp and the killer's, things. The killer's not even after yeah. you. Yeah. So it. So there's a, an interesting conversation there, which is like, if we were in Tree's place in this movie, we like the killer isn't even after us no. like we just keep getting in the way and at the end she sort of decides she has an obligation yeah. to get involved and save this alternate realities version of Lori, who is good and isn't trying to kill her i and i don't know i thought that was kind of sweet uh but yeah. it's not explored enough you know this alternate dimension where her and her roommate actually have like a great relationship and her roommate's not a psychopath right <laughs> There's like a moment where she's like, oh, okay, I guess I can trust you. And then, yeah, like yeah, you said, it's not really explored. Yeah, there's like two or three scenes where they where she talks to her roommate. And then at the end, there's supposed to be this really heartfelt moment where she's like, I'm sorry that like things couldn't be better between us. And her roommate's like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> things are great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's sort of an interesting thing to lend into this conversation is that 
the killer isn't even really after yeah. the main girl. Yeah, she just got in the way a couple of times and assumed it was about her incorrectly. Yes. <laughs> Last time it was about her, not this time. And maybe that's a good point as to why it kind of left the horror genre is, yeah, is because there wasn't that formula of there's the killer, there's the girl. It's a lot more complicated. It's a lot, it's, it's, it's about a different thing, which makes harder, I think, on this podcast to be able to decipher that because it's, it's going to be pretty easy to evade a murderer that's not after you, (laughs) you know, like that's a, that's a pretty easy final girl status. But I, I think kind of in the, the same vein, if you listen to the Donnie Darko episode, we kind of had to figure out like, oh, the, the, ex- the, the, the experience was the evil, you know, like the yeah. predicament was the thing that, so yeah. her being in the time loop again could be the, the, the killer, or the, the thing. Cause eventually if she does, if she dies enough times, she will die for real, which is another thing that's just kind of put into this movie to add stakes, but not actually like explored all that much. So the time loop is also a killer is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. The fact that she's in it and and the impending limit of times that she doesn't know when is going to come is going to come. So her getting out of the time loop is also her evading the killer, I would submit. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's a very fair statement. So I, I guess if we're if we're sort of into the section now where we talk about like the killer and yeah. sort of things going on there, uh, I don't, what do you what do you make of it, Lance? And like, what do you make of, uh, I guess like the situation and maybe also the actual like killer him, himself. Right. Yeah. So I guess the actual killer uh, himself being. I mean, what you also have John Toombs as well as the professor and his wife. Yeah. So three John's people. Like in no alternate dimension. Who made this crack? Was it Adam? Like that we were hoping that John Toombs in this alternate dimension was just like a nice guy. Like just, I know, right? he's just a good guy. He just did. But he's a serial killer in every dimension. I know, right? right? He just turns around. He's like the college professor. Today we're going to learn about art history. Let me tell you why I love, uh, you know, Monet. Let's just talk about that for a while. I want to have a conversation about Vincent Van Gogh. <laughs> oh, jeez, I love Vincent Van Gogh. He's amazing. He's amazing, indeed. Uh, but yes, uh, so as far as them as killers, as has been mentioned, it's kind of like they're not really after Tree, and it's not really they're after the roommate. Yeah. So that kind of well, we we haven't said who the like we haven't revealed the killers of this movie because John Toombs is technically still one of them, but yeah. it's also you got the professor and then uh, professor's wife. wife. Yeah. Whiffy. I don't remember the, the wife's name, but I remember that the professor's name is Dr. Gregory Butler. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Butler. <laughs> Which by the way, like I, and obviously in the first movie, he's a suspect. Yeah. He and his wife are both suspects in, right. in that first one. So like the name was always supposed to be a little creepy, but saying it out loud right now, it's like, it sounds like a name out of clue. Like, was the matter of Dr. Gregory Butler? Probably. Did you hear his name? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I feel like it is kind of interesting. Like, if they're not after you, that kind of makes your job easy of being able to evade them. But, you know, I mean, as far as if we're looking at them as strengths and weaknesses, I mean, I feel like if you have the knowledge of the previous time loop, and you can kind of piece together the pieces. You're like, uh, you're off to great footing, you know? Yeah. Like even Tree, she just straight up shoots John Doom. She's like, you're faking it, bro. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean, and then you have um, the professor and then, you know, which is like, that was one gripe I had. I know we're not to the victims yet, but I'm just saying like, if he's coming towards you with the knife, just shoot him. It's, you know, yeah. don't don't let him get close. It's... It's not a great idea. So, yeah, I feel like the wife for sure I think would be um, has the element of surprise because that's one that yeah, didn't get pieced did. together. Exactly. Yeah, so, they didn't know that she was in on it. Yeah, so I guess of all of the killers, I think she would have the most edge on the main characters. Um, and then the situation itself, I think, I don't know. I kind of like the idea of like, 
no matter what, in order to satisfy the time loop, you have to die. You got to give your life to give back time, man. So that is my take of what we're uh, looking at in this movie for the killers situation. I think a... So, I mean, there's a couple things that haven't explored that Luke brought up that it, what happens if you fall asleep at the end. I guess we should just assume it restarts, right? Like, that's kind of... You die in your sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the assumption it's we need to happen. make. You fully die in your sleep. And so, that being that assumed, I think the route that was took... I don't know. I, I guess... I'm trying to put my thoughts together. Sorry. It's all good. I, like, was going to go a direction, and then I changed my mind, so... <laughs> I'm going to think for a sec. Cool. You're cool. good. Uh, I mean, just in terms of, like, the killers, it's, like, again, they're so unimportant in this movie that they're constantly treated as, like, an afterthought. Like, Tree yeah. forgets about them. Yeah. Like, there's moments in this movie where she sees a newscast and she goes, oh, shoot, uh, I should probably go do something about it. Hold <laughs> on. I'll be right back. <laughs> and it's, like, uh, yeah, so, like, in terms of, like, the killers... Me, if I was in Tree's place, I'd probably be in a similar standing. Honestly, I'd probably be like, I'd probably just constantly even forget that they were a part of it. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so if they're easy to beat, yeah, they're easy to beat. I mean, again, she she is like as, as an afterthought beats them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't help either that apparently like. Spoiler alert, but like uh, the 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 doctor husband fully plans on killing his wife the whole time. Yeah. So he was just gonna get a like he was just gonna go for it anyway. So it was just kind of like eh, all right, like whatever. <laughs> so you know, just uh, leave. Like I don't know. It's it's hard to feel particularly threatened by them. Definitely, the harder part of it is like the time loop thing because she has to be memorizing all these equations and yeah. all these algorithms. It was kind of like. Uh y'all seen palm springs yeah where she just kind of like gets super smart figures out quantum mechanics is like i got it now let's go home so it's, she kind of <laughs> did that thing where she's like yeah. spent used the time loop as a way to get knowledge on going home which is a very i don't know it's just a very awesome way to get out of it yeah so i think one of the what i was thinking of one of the uh, strengths that the killer has is um, the situation with her roommate and the moral dilemma that it brings up that Carter kind of brings up where he's like innocent people are dying over there. So even though the killers aren't after her, she's still involved with the killers and in order and doesn't want people to die over there. So I, either way, even if she forgets about it, even if it's like not a super thing, she she's still feels this moral draw to save her roommate even though her roommate was a piece of shit in the last movie like now she's like a, an innocent person and so <laughs> i think that's a strength of both killers both the time loop in keeping her there and also in the actual human beings who are the the doctor and his wife is that uh yeah they've got something there that that pulls tree in on a moral sense is something they have going for them well that and that's something i've been thinking about but i haven't articulated as of yet so i will pose it as a question to you guys here yeah if you're in tree's place especially after she's decided this isn't my timeline it's none of my business like i don't belong here i gotta go somewhere else do you think you'd have like the moral fiber uh to steal a, a line from harry potter <laughs> to like to go intervene or is there a part of you that's like hands off i would i wouldn't touch it i'm gonna be honest <laughs> be, not even that but just the trauma of your roommate trying to kill you and even though she like she has a conversation she's like oh there's no cupcake like i still don't trust it i'm yeah. like no way she's a murderer yeah. i don't care if she dies and i'm gonna not even touch it like i i feel like i wouldn't care Honestly, I'm coming from the same place. I'm like, you know what? The killers aren't after me. I'm not feeling real great towards Lori right now. Like, not to be a total dick, but what not exactly is the in no. what is the incentive to get involved here? Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Lance? Are I'm, you... I'm gonna differ, guys, but not for moral reasons. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I have a sheer bloodlust. <laughs> that baby's gotta die. I don't hey. care who's behind it. 
if, a, if you've got a loophole where you can murder just because like hey which by the way we see no repercussions for tree <laughs> like preemptively murdering people funny story if i go into a court of law and i say hey i was murdering my wife preemptively i don't think that lands i really? don't think that goes well Again, she's just screwing up the tree that ends up in the same reality for just <laughs> yeah. killing all these people before they do anything. Again, there can only be one, so I would stick around so the clone would come back and then I'd kill them. <laughs> there can only be one. So anyway. So what I... should have happened in the beginning with Ryan. We should have fully watched him beat himself to death. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I would go full Highlander in that situation. So I would differ, but again, not for morally correct reasons. Fair. Fair. I respect it. I respect it a lot. So, we are to the uh, point of our show where we've talked a little bit about victims. We've talked a little bit about that. Um, Usually we talk about decisions. Um, Is there anything else before we move on that we thought was good, we would do differently, what what was bad, you know? What do we think about our, well, I guess, Um, main characters slash victims? Yeah. So, I I will point out that things we were complaining about in the first movie were clearly like everybody complained about them because the director like wrote stuff into this movie to like to say like hey i get it like you didn't like that so here we go i mean literally in the first scene like as soon as they knock him down they take off the mask to see who it is and then later when she thinks she's going to die her first priority is ripping off the mask so she can double check who it is so, you know, like, there was sort of an annoying thing here of, like, the stuff that we said in the first one where we're like, well, why didn't you do this? They were like, okay, yeah, 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 fine. That is a good point. We'll have her do it in the second one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, there, so she did make decisions here that I totally agree with. Um, and like I said, for the whole mid part of the movie, just not even bothering dealing with the killer at all, I agree with that. Yeah. Go, you know, go to the lab, learn all that, memorize all that stuff, go eat dinner with your parents, uh, and then call it good. Like, yeah. no need to get involved with the whole murder spree thing. So, I think Tree makes some good decisions here and there. Uh, whether I agree with her every step of the way, I don't. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I mean, we talked about, like, this is a dimension where her mom is alive and she's clearly going to end up with Carter anyway. <laughs> so the fact that her whole decision is, I'm, I am I either have Carter in my life or I have my mom, it can only be one. It's that pretty ridiculous. Is, yeah, that yeah. premise is flawed. Like, yeah. clearly, if she stayed in this, dim- this dimension, she could have both. But right. since you've made the decision, you don't belong here. You got to go back to where you came from. Fair enough. That's that's a that's a fair decision. Uh you know, it is funny that she's as attached to this world in funny ways as she is. Like, oh, this isn't any of my business. But also, I'll save my roommate from dying. <laughs> I should do that. Yeah. yeah, certainly. Yeah, a little bit of picking and choosing for sure. And I, I think for me, definitely, like you said, I think in the middle part, if they're not even after you, like, just figure out your business and then, you know, don't worry about it. <laughs> Let I don't Lori know. die 10 hundred times. And... Catch a game. I don't know. <laughs> do what you want to do. <laughs> If we're uh, operating under the assumption that you die in your sleep at the end, you know, it's no big deal. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely agree with that decision. Again, the whole, it's either or. You can't have it all, but you might just be able to have it all, guys. <laughs> I don't know. Just read between the lines a little bit better. And they set up so clearly that Carter and Danielle aren't going to be together. Right. Like, you watch Carter fall in love with Tree all over again. And Danielle over the course to of the day, by the way, wear on him. Yeah. Like, she's like, Man, help me with my homework. And he's like, son of a gun. I just remember that no. this is, this takes place from his perspective over the course of a day. Yeah. Like, it's only from her perspective that they're spending weeks together. Mm-hmm. So, it's over already the course a trash of the day, relationship, man. He is so in love with Tree and so ready to dump Danielle. And they introduce the <clears> random <throat> plot thread that she's cheating on him yeah. with Mr. Pleasure Dome from the yeah. first movie. <laughs> Pleasure Dome. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's yeah. funny. So yeah, yeah. it's it, it it is a little bit silly that like this whole movie is her trying to decide do I stay or do I go when there isn't really a reason not to stay. Like the reason she creates is not really there. Well, yeah. I think 
I, I think the part of the movie that I liked the most was this, and I think I guess it differs from your opinion a little bit because I think the emotional beat that it, it inspires where she's in the car with her mom and the mom's like, remember that cinnamon roll? And she's like, no, because that wasn't me. I've, I don't have these experiences with you. That really hit home to me as a really cool moment and a cool plot point for her character where, yeah, just to say I don't belong here is kind of like a, I don't know. It, it it is a valid reason, but to see it that way, where she's like, okay, like somebody, because what other things are different? This is a totally different universe. Like what other things has happened in her life that aren't her, and so her holding on to that is definitely like holding on to a dream. You know, something that's not actually hers, but looks like her mom, that looks like Carter and stuff, but aren't them. And I liked that a lot because it's almost like this sci-fi sort of. Uh, emotional thing you'd see in like star trek or you know or i don't know but so i like that part and i like that beat and so when i think of her being like i can't stay here to me it makes a lot of sense and i get i think it's dumb that she's like it's either carter or the mom and i'm making this choice because it's not really that it's kind of like should i go back to the life that i've lived and what carter said the line about like you are you because of these experiences you've had it just make, made a lot of sense to me that she would want to want to go. So in my opinion, I feel like if I was in that situation, it would be very similar where um, I would need that time to process. I would need to have those emotional catharsis moments with my mom and with my family to realize I could stay and it would probably be mostly okay. But then there would be th- these chunks of t- things that are differences that are missing that remind me, oh, yeah. Uh, this isn't me, you know? So yeah, I, I I think her decision in the end, I would choose to, and I would kind of agree with. Yeah, definitely don't want to bash like what that decision is at its core, but presenting it as I can have mom or the choice is pretty dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's not, that's not what the choice is in my opinion. Yeah. Like at its core, it's much more of like the long division thing Mm -hmm. of like, right. I can live a a lie or I can, or like I can truly discover the genuine authentic me. Kind of right. Thing. Right. And there's um, happiness in the line. You see the, you see why it's very tempting. And so to me, the choice is that not the Carter or the yeah. mom thing. Cause that's yeah. a good point. Sure. But yeah, I, I think we've covered all the bases that I want to cover. How, how are you feeling? Is there anything yeah. we missed? No, I feel like, uh, I feel like all the important stuff got covered. So, let me ask you guys this. This is the portion of the show where we uh, determine whether we could make final boy status, which is basically, usually it's the last person to die in a horror movie. Almost makes it to the end, but not quite. So do you guys think that you could make final boy status? Um, yeah. I, in movie one and movie two, Carter is the benchmark for final boy status, which is just like, he always like intervenes and gets killed because he's just a good guy who needs to intervene. He can't just let somebody get murdered. Uh, <laughs> wow. And like, better than me. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, maybe bold to say this after I was like, it's not my timeline. What do I really care? Uh, <laughs> but like final boy status, I think um, in these movies is uh, pretty, pretty easy to get honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and especially in this one where the killer's really not after you, like, right. yeah, you have to go get involved to die. And so, yeah, I, I think final boy status, I, I'd say I, I, I could get that. I agree for the exact same reasons. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I think <laughs> so it's you, aces you all just around. just kind of live life and you, you make it. Uh, ditto. Ditto. Dito. Dito. Dido. William Defoe. William Dito. Anyway. Dido. Can we talk about Dido's music? Uh. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's like, again, like you guys have said it, you're just living your life, doing your thing. Like, it's not going to affect you unless you go looking for it. So yeah, I would say that I could make Final Boy status. So the big question, the last one, the, to take the title, Final Girl status, which is you make it through the entire movie and you live. Do you guys oh, think boy. that you guys could make it to Final Girl status? This movie's a little more convoluted because you have to 
figure it out with the machine and you have to yeah. learn all this stuff and you have to think to do that in the first place. I don't know. And assuming that there is a limited amount of time, they have like, this one was a lot less exact on how many times because she mm -hmm. had to learn all those science yeah, yeah the algorithms equations yeah. and so yeah. it, it was a long she, time she mentioned at some point that uh she at like the very end she's saying to everybody like i know you only met me today but i've been always oh, like weeks but i've spent weeks with you right guys. i remember yeah. that so she's been there for like probably longer than the last movie i much longer than the yeah. last movie i would think yeah which kind of makes sense because like her episodes in this movie were much more severe than the first movie. Yeah. Like, she was looking pretty messed up. Yeah. So I think, I don't know if... I'm I'm going to take a stance, because I feel like it could go either way. I think I, I said I wouldn't survive last time, and if I wouldn't survive last time, I don't think I'd survive this time. I don't think I would think to do that, um, or... I don't know. I feel like also the the draw of staying in this reality or staying even in the time loop, knowing my mom's alive and being able to spend time with her, I'd probably spend a lot of time doing that and then get way too weak and then just kind of eventually die at the end before I have too much time. It's kind of a sad thought, but I honestly, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think I wouldn't be able to survive it. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely would be, like, doing my best, but I think the stumbling block is there is memorizing algorithms upon algorithms yeah. upon algorithms. Uh, and I don't I don't know that I'd be able to hold all that. I don't think I'd be able to hold all that in my head, so I'm actually going to agree with you. I'm going to say I, I don't think I, I make Final Girl status this go-around. I think I do. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Here's what I would do. Here we go. So, I would... Just, you know, it's a multiverse. You got a lot of different options. I'm just taking different versions of myself as a backup plan. I'm I'm take, I'm using the machine, just going to tweak it a little bit, take those guys in. I'm going to tie them to a chair, have them learn the algorithm, and then I'm getting <laughs> on a bus and I'm going to save Harambe. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> God is my witness. I may die, but I will make this world a better place. Because monkey, monkey back. He will survive. Area 51 will not be raided. Coronavirus will not... Well, that will still exist. But... <laughs> the dominoes could, won't fall, is but what you're I, saying. I couldn't, I couldn't affect that one. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I mean, I tried. I just really tried. Just a man. So, yeah. Even if I die, you know, I'm going to, you know, just brainwash my clone. I'll be like, this is the mission. This is what you have to do. I'm going to go full Nikola Tesla, prestige myself, just keep using clones until I get the job done. So, you know what? <laughs> I may not okay. I, I I gotta I gotta I gotta mend this a little bit. I may not make it a final girl status, but I will make this world better. The, uni, the multiverse will be better for it. Forget final girl status. There are causes worth dying for, and Harambe is one of them. I agree. All I ask is that when I'm really weak and I'm on death's door, I'll just go and I'll be like, "Tell the world what happened here. What happened here?" And then I'll tell them, "Okay, what happened here is I saved the world." I need you to build me a statue with Harambe. That's my only request. And here are the blueprints. This is where Tupac is. This is where Elvis is. <laughs> Go to the world and tell them the story. And then I would die and it would be just, you know, the entire world would be in mourning. Because even though I didn't make it to final girl status, I made the world a better place <laughs> so that's you know that's my take folks so there you go <laughs> just imagining you like here's the blueprint for my statue with harambe it's like a really poorly drawn <laughs> stick figure it's on a napkin <laughs> <laughs> it's a subway napkin okay i didn't have a lot of time they're like for his legacy we must make it look exactly <laughs> like this <laughs> this is weird stick figure statue <laughs> oh like, Lanson's the stick figure, but then he just drew like huge ovals to be Harambe. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That is uh, that is my legacy. I leave to the world. Truly You're welcome. A selfless life. Thank you. What can I say? He lived for others, not for him. Indeed, indeed. So anyway, now that we've uh, discussed our final uh, girl status and we're kind of wrapping up here, do we have any plugs that we want to 
give out into the ether and let the people know what's going on or what's what? It's a great question. This comes out on July 23rd. What is going on on July 23rd? That's the question. Um, okay. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's still running. I think it might be closed. Uh, but I directed a play called Keystone, which you can see at the On Pitch Performing Arts Center. Uh, yeah, it's a really nice script about uh, the relationship between a father and son. There's a movie about a mother and daughter, and I'm doing a play about a father and son. So that's I would say that's very worth checking out. Uh, also, uh, the On Pitch Performing Arts Center does uh, summer camps for, for children. So I am actually teaching the summer camp for script writing. So you can come catch that. That's, I think, the last three days of July. Uh, I don't have the exact dates in front of me. I should. Uh, but yeah, you could come check that out and you can learn how to how to write a script from from this 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 freaking guy. This sweet right boy here. right here. This 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 guy, this beautiful guy. This this lad. This <laughs> little mad lad. Oh. Um for now that's all I'm aware of. So I'll, cool. I'll that those will be my plugs. Oh well, as always you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Luke Howder. That's L U K E H A U E T E R. Fantastic. I'm following you. Right after this. Nice. I don't even have a Twitter. You just follow me in real life. Yeah, I'll just follow you around. <laughs> just follow you like a little tweeber. I've been hoping this would happen. <laughs> please, please, please. So yeah, guys. Um, I guess the shout out to give to be, you know, just self-serving, you know. We got this show, Final Boy Status. We're cranking out new episodes. It's a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun. So, you know, take this journey with us. Our next episode, our next movie we're watching is Jaws, so oh, be ready for it? that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love Jaws. And then when Han Solo gets that sandworm, that's so cool, and they got to get the old spice out of Baracus or whatever. Anyway, you know who it's great. That sandworm? Who? Christian Bell. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Oh, shoot. But thank you guys very much. It was a pleasure. Y'all have a good one, and we'll catch you next time on Final Boy Status. This has been an underqualified Idiocracy Media production, produced by Lanson Lappin, Adam Bone, and Luke Houter. You can find additional content and Final Boy Status updates on the YouTube channel for Underqualified Idiocracy Media. Uncut and extended episodes are available at patreon.com slash lukehowder. Theme music was written by Rachel Robison. You can hear more of Rachel's music at rachelrobisonmusic.com. You can also find her work on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Robel Racheson. Temporary artwork provided by Luke Howder and Lewis Conrad. This podcast was recorded in underqualified studios and edited by Luke Howder with special thanks to Mike Fuchs for providing audio assistance. The illustrious voice acting providing the intro and outro to this episode is Shane Alvey of the Paradox Files voice acting. You can explore more of his work on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at The Paradox Files. Thank you for tuning in. And never say, I'll be right back.